This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No job, coolest podcast in the world. OG Mako in the building. How you doing? What's up, Adam? Kicking it. You feeling good? Get right up in there on the mic. Don't be scared. Pause. Feeling all right. Decent. Feeling decent? I survived last year, so I'm happy. Yeah, you're, you're a guy who's been through a fucking absolute avalanche of shit the past few yeah. years, huh? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk the update. Let's let's talk about, I'm just very curious to start with the fucking flesh-eating bacteria situation. Yeah, man, that shit just kind of hit out of fucking nowhere, bro. That was a kind of wild situation. What, you got in the hospital or some shit? All right, so, no. So, uh, so... I bought my girl like a diamond ring. This that that part's important because you have to understand why I didn't think anything was wrong. Okay. So I bought my girl a diamond ring on her birthday, which is like Novemberish, like um, late uh, November. But is this "Will you marry me?" shit? No, no. This is like uh, I really, really love you, and I never bought a bitch a diamond ring. Okay. Right. So I, I get her a diamond ring, or whatever, and uh, oh, the next couple of days I end up with like a cut on my eye. So I'm thinking like we were just like fucking or something, and well, I got cut. You know, I have nothing of it. Okay. And uh, over the next couple of days, we have to go, I have to go to uh, Seattle, have some business. So I get to Seattle and uh, everything's cool. And then like later at night, my fucking eye, it feels like, you know, like you get like a hair or something stuck in your eye, uh-huh. trying to wash it out. So I'm spending all night trying to wash this shit out and nothing's moving, right? So I'm like, what the fuck is that? And uh, over the next few hours, I end up in a situation where uh, some racist shit happened at the hotel. I end up outside. They end up putting my shit outside. It's a long-ass story with that. But Whoa. more or less, over the next two days, my eye end up uh, swelling up. And I'm at my boy, uh, Mr. Nice Nice. Shout out to Mr. Nice Nice in Seattle. Uh, he, he ended up at his house, and my eye swells up to like the size of a fucking uh, baseball. Okay. And so I catch a flight back to L.A., and once I get here— I go straight to the hospital, and they try and tell me that the only thing that's wrong with me is that I have, like, an infection in my eye. But I'm I'm realizing, like, as I, like, scratch my scalp or whatever, like, there's, like, like pieces of my scalp coming off. Like, just tiny pieces, though, right? Uh-huh. And uh, they ignore it. You know, they ignore the fuck out of it, and they keep giving me this medication that I end up being allergic to. Did you feel um, like they just... Didn't give a fuck? They didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. I have a lawsuit against them, a really big lawsuit against them, but I'm not going to talk about it because okay. it's a lawsuit. Yeah. Um. But at the end of the day, uh, long story short, maybe a couple weeks later, uh, after they released me from the hospital, they tried to, uh, well, I released myself because they tried to fentanyl me up, and I wasn't going for that either. Really? Yeah, they tried to. They, they took me off of the pain medicine I was on in the middle of the night and tried to fentanyl me up. What? They, you, they had you on some regular shit? What, some Vicodin or something? I was on Dilaudid. At first, which is already really strong, okay. right? And uh, in the middle of the night, they switched out my IV Dilaudid for uh, fentanyl. And you could tell? 
Yeah, I woke up and I was so fucking sick. I was like, I, I was like throwing up. I was dizzy. I was confused. Uh -huh. And so I looked at my board to try and figure out what was going on. And I realized it had changed. So I checked myself out. And uh, like three or four days later, uh, my fucking scalp pretty much died. I pulled it up myself. What, just huge chunks of your uh, scalp? I, I, I reached into my head and I was like trying to scratch it. And I realized I couldn't feel it. I couldn't really feel the scratch. Uh -huh. And so I stuck my nail into it. And I pulled, and my fucking scalp came up. And so at this point, what is going on in your head in terms of what you think that this might be? Also, Josh, can I have my coffee from my office? At that point, I'm pretty sure something is eating me alive. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Because at the time before, they didn't know what was going on, and the eye infection already went down. You know what I'm saying? So I was pretty confused. And so if the eye's done, what else could this be? And we had already went through everything else. They had already tested me for everything you can test in the world. And uh, that's when I, I finally realized it. You know, like, the shit came out. I started Googling everything you can Google. And that's when I realized that it was uh, necrotizing fasciitis, which is uh, flesh-eating bacteria. And so you think you got it because you are allergic to the medication? No, no. So it turns out you can get it from, like, really brackish water. Um, which makes sense. Because brackish? Was, What's brackish? Uh, like dirty, infected, bacteria kind of water. You were drinking water. the water? Well, I was in drinking Seattle. Tap. And oh. Seattle is a very rainy place. And remember, I was stuck outside, middle of the city. Right. Going through shit. Okay. So I think somewhere along the line, I picked it up while I was in Seattle. And shit, man, I, that shit almost killed me. It almost killed me 100%. Wow. And so at what point did it start to get better? Or are you just trapped in the hospital for months and I months? Know, no, no. I, I, so I got out of the hospital and I, I didn't trust them because, like I said, they tried to fentanyl me up. Right. And, okay. You know, um, I don't know if people know about fentanyl or fentanyl addiction. But, but you're somebody who's probably done a fair amount of opiates in your life, right? But well, yeah, fentanyl you know, freaks you, you out. Sibling, pop perks and all that shit. But right. fentanyl is a different level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've seen people who go from, you know, popping 30s to. They taking the fake thirties and then they smoking fucking fentanyl. But why would the hospital feel like they had to put you on a way stronger painkiller? Like, was there was the pain actually that the, bad? The pain is that bad. Oh, okay. No, the pain is not even not even was is because um, I'm still healing. Really? So the pain is that bad. It is. It's a. Uh, I mean, your flesh is falling off, bro. Right. You know. So it's. And what's the healing process like? Well, but you ejected yourself from the hospital. So is there a point where you had to go back and be I, like, yeah, I, I need I, more I treatment? Had to go back. I had to go back and, and do more treatment and shit like that. And, what's the uh, treatment like? Sit around, pumping you full of fucking medications. Um, when I got back home, I uh, started doing like natural remedies like uh, aloe and black seed oil. And, and you feel like that stuff works? It, it was working. Yeah, it works. It, it does. It, it's it's a process, but uh -huh. it does work. And um. I had one of my homeboys, he he like abandoned his whole life and moved up to LA and took care of me like twenty four hours a day. Wow. You know, day in, day out, at nighttime, fucking waking up in the middle of the night, putting fucking aloe and stuff and medication in me. So yeah. Damn. So yeah. was there a point where it almost seemed more likely that you weren't gonna make it in this whole situation? Yeah. 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 I remember distinctly, uh I was watching the fucking Saw series. From like the beginning to the end. Right. Because my mindset was like, okay, let me watch something where people are in more pain than I'm in. And it'll even it out. Right. You know what I'm saying? And at that point, yeah, yeah. Because I remember scratching my head. I was like, I remember I, like that night, it was like I had a sensation like, man, just scratch. Just scratch your head. And I scratched it. And uh, fucking like a fucking 
half a pound of flesh just fell off my fucking head. And right. my head was just like, it was a fucking blood puddle on the floor. And I remember at that moment, I, I just screamed. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did else to do? How do you describe your mind state dealing with this to your mind state with dealing with the whole I car accident that situation, cool, you know right? What I'm because that seems so manageable yeah, in comparison. That was so easy, but it probably seemed kind of shitty at the time. But in comparison to this, where you don't even know what the fuck is it, going on, it, the, the I shit was easy because it was like as soon as it happened, I got surgery. You know, as soon as it happened, I called a plastic surgeon, and and it's something boom, that they used to. They've done this a million it, times. You know, they told me yeah. like, hey man, you'll probably keep your eye. You'll be good. You know what I'm saying? Like the surgery kind of expensive, but it'd be all right. You know, right. they put it back together and. I paid for it and everything was cool. So do you still have to wear the eye patch because of the previous situation? Or no, is that I'm wearing an eye patch because of now. Right. So I lost a lot of flesh. Like so the I it ate down to the bone. Right. So if you can imagine regrowing uh you've had injuries before and shit like that. Right, not so, my eye so much. Yeah, I'm not in your eye so much. But you've you've you, you if you see if you heal all those layers down from you know, from the bone up. Right. It can take a while. And a lot of people have to go through amputations when they're dealing with uh, necrotizer fasciitis. At, at a certain point, when you were just thinking that that was pretty likely that you were probably going to well, lose an eye. I didn't know eye. how you amputate a head. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> what are you amputating? Yeah. I didn't know how the fuck you cut a head off. But did it, was it ever a worry that it was going to spread to the rest of your body and shit, too? Uh, well, that was the only good part. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't seeing it spread to like my hands and shit. Um, it, it had, I remember at one point it had spread to my cheeks and I had like these fucking holes, like you could damn near actually like see through my face. Right. And I remember at that point I was really fucking creeped out. Yeah, you know, I, like I, after off the, off air, I'll show you some pictures if you want to see them. I mean, to it's be honest, it's kind of kind of nasty. Yeah. It's some gruesome <laughs> shit. I'm not gonna lie to you; it's some fucked up shit. But so I got them during all this though. You you said that your girl left you because of this? No, she didn't leave me because of that. That's not really what happened. But okay. I but she she treated my thing was like this. All right, so. Me and my girl wasn't together for a lot of time. And when we're not together, I don't really give a fuck about that. You okay. know, I don't care about that. Like, whatever you're doing is what you're doing. But my thing is, like, we've been best friends for years. Oh, really? Right? So it wasn't about pussy or nothing like that. It was just, you know, you're my best friend, right? You know, like, I moved from China to here for you, right? So at the end of the day, if something this major is going on, you should be there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and she wasn't there at first. Like, she was not out there you know really? what I'm saying like and like I said my friend had to move up and abandon his whole life to take care of me you know and this is somebody who like you know I took around the world and you know did a, everything you can imagine if girls dream about the shit that I did for her you know so at the time I was like you know really like yeah, fuck you bitch what do you think her motivation was with that you think she was just fucking scurved out or did she want to just move on she she had a really rough year herself though she mm. uh she had like uh three family members die back to back she oh, had like shit. uh her uncle died, and then his son died, and then her granddad died, like back to back to back. That's though, right? rough. Not even like uh like five months apart. I'm talking about like her her uncle died, and her his son died like a couple weeks later, and then her granddad her granddad just randomly found out he had like stage four cancer, like like a month or two later. You know, it's crazy how we we just spend so much time fixated on all kinds of superficial ass shit of who's beefing with who and who's dating who and shit like that, and then like occasionally there's just shit real shit like somebody gets sick in a general sense it's obviously like the way you got sick is like a very random ass situation yeah, that it's yeah. not like i know anybody else i've ever heard that happen to or like but what you're describing happening to her too like just losing a bunch of family That's members crazy, like people right? go through real yeah. ass shit that has nothing to do with the industry music entertainment etc and in case you know it's like i remember like cam was always my favorite rapper and then all of a sudden his mom died and it was just this like 
It's weird. It's like it's it's he just disappears. Yeah, for bro. six months. Or no, no, she got cancer. I'm sorry. She didn't die at that time. She got cancer and then he has to like move to Florida and he's taking care of her. And it was kind of crazy for me to see my favorite rapper like just retreat from the spotlight for a while to deal with some real shit. Yeah, people don't understand it either, you know? Like mm. when you just uh because we're still human, mm. you know. And they uh and 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 with my thing was too, you know, during most of this, you know, I'm still living uh at the time I was still living downtown. Mm. So, you know, I would like, you know, walk out, go get groceries and shit like this. And luckily I can honestly say thanks. Uh I, I fuck with LA so heavy because uh fuck with LA. Because a lot of my fans and a lot of people would just like walk up and just like give me hugs and shit, like, yo, bro, we see what you're going through, like mm. you know, keep fighting, like keep going, like like you changed my life, like you you know what I'm saying? People a lot of people talk shit about you, but you know, without you, I wouldn't have made it through this. I wouldn't have made it through that. So I want you to know, like, you can make it through this. Like, you got us. Like, and I mean, it wasn't like one or two or ten or even a hundred people. I'm talking about. It was a lot of people. Mm. A lot of people. A lot of people. That's Still crazy. people to this day. Did you feel like at any point that people were joking about the shit too much? You see motherfuckers laughing about it on Twitter and shit that ever I mean, offended that's some you? Bitch ass shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I never, I never let it affect me because at the same time, you gotta understand. Like, I was, I was more worried about dying. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't, I wasn't sitting around reading fucking Twitter comments and shit. To be honest, I was playing fucking uh, Division and in uh, Xbox and fucking medicating and shit. That was the only thing that was that was keeping it. you going. That was it. <laughs> medicated, so you just fried off pills, just fried, playing video games. Fried. I mean, because at the same time, I didn't have anything else I could do. Right. What are you gonna do? Yeah. I didn't want to be around people because I was afraid about you know I got open wounds and shit, so I didn't want anybody to make get any kind of infection whatsoever. Which thank God I didn't get any infections. Until I got into like two fights. I got into a couple fights. With who? I'd rather not even bring their name up. Well, like I, street fights? Yeah, yeah, like some street fights. And then you spread it to them? Through... Nah, fuck no. It's not <laughs> I thought that's what you were saying. Like... No, 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 no. I got into a couple fights and uh, they their dirty ass hands oh. got in my wounds. And, uh, infected it. Yeah. Nasty. Who are you fighting out here? I mean, I'm still me, bro. You, You're still in the streets? To a certain point. I can't imagine getting in a fight. It's days. not even. It's not even. You got to be in the streets. It's just I'm still a grown ass man. And it's gonna get to a certain point. Well, you're at the bar. Well, I mean, it's, is that what does it? <laughs> it's just like, bro. I mean, if I like, you know, I keep a lot of my shit under wraps. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't come into the game trying to be like the hardest nigga, but I got all the credentials. But are you still going out and shit? Because yeah. I, I feel like I've seen you a lot of times, like Hell on yeah. Sunset, going to the bars yeah. and shit. I was just I'm still at the bars. I'm still I, on the rocks. Right. On the rocks on Sunset. I was just listening to it on the album. I'm like, oh, he's he's on the rocks. I'm he's got the rocks, the rocks and the socks. That's my house. Everybody know that. Everybody go to on the rocks. Know that's my house. Period. Really? So that's you want to be known? Like when you die, that's going to be like the way it is with like uh lemmy and and the rainbow room and shit you want like that you were part of that yeah i mean it's not even just like like wannabe like we we done some real shit in there you know what i'm saying like we have some real stories in there right i'd rather not tell on the podcast really (laughs) but yeah we got some real shit that's dope you don't hear a lot of people really like having pride and just holding down an establishment do you feel like it's like an episode of cheers when you walk in there everybody knows your name well, I feel like it's part of being a rock star. Mm. I feel like as a rock star, you always, it's always, you're supposed to have a hangout mm. that people remember you for. You that know is what I'm cool. And, and, and all these rap, I'm not a rapper, I'm a rock star. So I feel like in a, in a, in a, in a city of rock stars that I had to carve out my own spot. Mm. And and I did. You know what I'm saying? And my respect was earned. It wasn't given. It wasn't like people just was like, oh, yeah, let the black kid in or no shit like that. Really? So it's you like know? you got to get beat in to hang out at the Roxy? No, nah, you don't got to get beat. <laughs> it's <laughs> not some real shit, in. no? But we got we got members, though. We got keys. Like, some of us got keys. Really? Yeah, we got You have a key people. to the bar? Yeah. 
You're like fucking uh, Barney seven, from The Simpsons. I'm 076. Yeah, we got numbers. We got we got key numbers. Damn, you're down with Mo, Mo from The Hill. Do you ever have a flaming Mo at the bar? You nah, know what I'm talking bro. about? Do you watch The Simpsons? I don't watch The Simpsons. Damn I'm it. not a All Simpsons right. person. All right, I feel you. I'm a Rick and Morty family guy person. Oh, you're a modern. You're a millennial. I'm a, How old are you? I'm 27, 28 in April. You feel like a young old head? Yeah. Mm. Fuck it. I don't understand these kids. You've seen too much at 28. I seen too much, yeah. I did too much, seen too much. It's rough when you're in that position. A lot of people at 28 just still getting fresh in the game. They're like, ooh. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Perks. I just, I just put up a fucking uh, a tweet uh, like yesterday. I was like, man, we had. To, I was thinking about it too. I was like, man, we had the same problems. You never woke up bored in Milan. Right. And that's true. Like I really have woken up like fucking bored in Wiesbaden, in Germany, or bored in. In Milan, bored in Rome, bored in Toulouse, France. Like, niggas ain't never even been to Toulouse. Niggas don't know where Toulouse at. I don't know where Toulouse is at. That's just in Tulum. Sounds like it's like you a think, letter yeah, to a about Mexico, where all the, where the thoughts go. Y'all talking about Toulouse. Do they go there? That's where all the thoughts go. All the thoughts. <laughs> I don't really see many thoughts. Posting in Tulum. Now you're right. Like, I just oh, see some yeah, thoughts. Oh, but no, yeah, big is, balling. Is that not cool? Shit ain't cool, man. Damn, all right. Group trips. Bullshit. You know, I thought it, it sounded cool, but then I went there and I realized that it was like played out. They're like, it's hey. played out. But bro. that's okay. I'm okay with play out. There's a reason why it's played out. It's close. Well, I mean, you fuck porn stars, so I mean, you're a little different. Sometimes. Sometimes. I'm not just a dick. You're not. OG I mean, Mako. Mm. Let me do my Nardwar thing. OG <laughs> Mako. <laughs> I mean, we go back, man. People don't even know we go back like that. I know. I remember that I went to a uh, Dash Radio show that you did that probably lasted about two episodes. Pretty much everybody in LA at some point has had a Dash Radio show. Hell yeah. My and, partner dropped out on me. Right. Okay. But I just remember that at one point you ended up in like a very extended rant about sort of like types of jeans and who was wearing those types of jeans earlier yep. on and you were talking yep. about the Migos and you were talking yep. about Uzi yep. and talking about the jeans. I don't remember which types of jeans, but we were talking take about me through all, the lineage. All, the Rick, all that Rick Owens, everybody know what's up. Everybody know when they come to me and the Rick, how, mm. how I feel about the Rick. That's sort of like early 2011, 2012 period where hip hop started really fucking with high fashion yeah. on like a street level. And, and, and honestly, though, they weren't fucking with it heavily, though. They was like dibble dabbing in it, you know? Like, and that's, that, was, that was what that conversation was about, actually. Mm. We were talking about how, uh, how right now everybody's trying to get credit for all the fucking fashion shit, mm. but the real fashion heads, they, they kind of overlook us because people just steal our shit and keep moving. Just like he just walked in like, oh, man, nice boots. Mm. You know, the boots You mean like young kids in Atlanta in general, like people no, from your generation? Like all, I mean like all these random rap niggas and all these hype beast ass kids under my generation. Like they, don't, they don't understand where the fashion comes from mm. in, a, in a sense. And they don't understand why, why, why we even got into it either. You know what I'm saying? They just like, oh, yeah, let me go buy some. Oh, I see you, Travis, in a new Rick. Let me go buy it. Mm. And they really can't even afford it either. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, but they're going to go get it though. That's just still important to you? Uh, in a way. In a way. Uh, I feel like fashion is is an expression of everything that you are. Mm. And I feel like if you're trying to do fashion, then you shouldn't do it. I feel like it should just be what it, whatever you are and whatever it is. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, it should just come out like that. And that's, and that's as deep as it should go. But if you just do what comes natural, like for me, I just wear like a fucking t-shirt and jeans every single day. And I don't think anybody's looking at me like, oh, he's into fashion. 
because it's just not see, interesting enough. You have to do some weird shit. You got to have a weird jacket. Jeans could be deeper than just t-shirt and jeans because you do you care about the fabrics in your t-shirt and jeans? I mean, do I care? Yeah. See, you can you can wear the same t-shirt and jeans as someone else, but your fabrics could be so phenomenal that you are not even in the same but fucking universe as them. Very few people get credit for being into fashion who aren't spending huge amounts of money on clothes, which is my kind of the part that I have an issue with. I just don't really see that as like a reasonable use of my funds. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money on fashion if you are logical about it. I mean, especially nowadays when they got shit like grilled and all these secondhand hand-me-down things. You right. know, you don't have to be a dickhead and go spend your first check on this shit. Wait on it a little bit. Mm. If it's true fashion, it'll last forever anyway, you know? So you don't have to get it as soon as it come out. You can wait on it. Mm. And it'll still be there. I just don't give a shit. I mean, you shouldn't give a shit. You fuck porn stars. Right. So, but, you know, there's a certain extent to which I, you know, I'm 36. I feel like I'm getting closer to like 40 and stuff. And I see certain people that are in sort of a similar position to me. Like the most obvious one, like Joe Budden, where he wanted to transition out of that rapper role. So at a certain yeah. point, he had to stop wearing sweatsuits and start wearing the nice pea coats right. and the fucking wingtip shoes and all this shit. Right. I just don't know if I got it in me. I don't think you ever have to do that, though. I don't think you ever have to do that. I mean, one, you, you're Adam. Right. 22. But know? maybe at a certain point you want to be thought of differently. Has that ever occurred to you, like, th that maybe if you wore a suit every day, you could just be thought of differently? I think you can be thought of differently without wearing a suit every day. I mean, look at what you built in a short amount of time. Mm. But, you know? but just like you're saying, though, clothes are an expression of who you are. It is. But if you don't give a fuck about it and you can still build an empire, then that is who you are. Mm. But don't you, you think know? you're sort of like also projecting? Like, there's a reason why, like, you and your young generation from Atlanta, et cetera, et cetera were attracted to all the designer shows because it well, represented see, a different no, level of taste and quality that wasn't at, uh, available when you were really young, right? Originally, we was wearing the, the, the high fashion because we was doing scams and jokes and shit. And if you look like money, then money will come to you. Mm. That's originally why we started doing it. We originally started wearing all the high-ass fashion because we were trying to get the kids to come let us do work while run the scams with them. Now, whether you whether when you ran your scams, you took people off and you didn't give them no money, or you was like somebody like me where we ran our scams, you know, so we paid people off and made sure they got a lot of money so they would keep spreading like, hey, yo, go fuck with bro because he give you money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Either way, you still got to look nice. Will the unwritten scam history of Atlanta ever be communicate will there ever be like not. a documentary i that... hope not i hope not. nobody ever get a game up like that you is why is, is this the scamming world is still thriving from your perspective people still eating off that shit man mm. people still eating to this day and um every time i hear one i ain't gonna say no names but every time i hear these little niggas giving up game like it's cool like just to get on for a second that shit mm. lame bro that shit hella lame you think tjx6 is snitching i'm not on the saying game? no names <laughs> i ain't getting into no beefs i'm not doing no shit with you adam i'm just saying at the end of the day it's niggas who got Kids, niggas who got families, niggas who got cases, and all sorts of shit, and niggas who fighting their cases, using the money that's coming from these techniques that that that's been thriving for years. And the more and more they keep putting that shit out there, the less and less effective it is. I feel I'm corporate now. I feel for Mastercard and Visa, Discover. I hate to think of the shareholders suffering. Fuck them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but do you like like who put you on? Did you have like an OG? Like in terms of the scam and shit, how was it explained to you? Because there are so many legends and stories you'll hear about such and such rapper well, who see, was well, coming day, to LA, Airbnb day, jugging. No, nah, but see the Airbnb jug started. I, now that I will I will give I will give this one nigga this this credit for this. The Airbnb jug started with started with my niggas. I ain't gonna lie. We did that first. Mm. We did that, we turned that up. Who right? else? Name names. And uh, Statue of Limitations. I, I, 
Generations I, I'll is give, up. I'll give this nigga. I'll give this nigga one credit. The nigga Theo Ferragamo is the nigga who really put everybody on that. He got everybody out here. I remember when niggas couldn't even come to LA because they couldn't survive out here, and he started putting niggas in Airbnbs. And that's the only credit I'll get that nigga. I'll give him that a hundred percent. He did that. That's did funny that to think of that being an era in which you know a lot of young kids were able to sort of make the leap to LA that, through and, and, this and, and specifically. And it turned on so many careers because <laughs> niggas was able to come out here and stay out here, right? And and thrive like that. But um, I remember back in the day when I used to run into Quavo and I was sitting him at the, at the at the Apple Store in Lennox and shit back in Atlanta. You're all, saying they were scamming too? Back in the day, we all was. What? Back in the day, back in the day, that was a, that was a long time. I mean, they multimillionaires now, so they don't give a fuck. Do you think Takeoff's pieces were hidden? Takeoff, Takeoff didn't want to use pieces. Takeoff, I don't even remember Takeoff being there. I think Takeoff was too young. Oh, he wasn't down. Well, think about it. Takeoff was younger than that. You ever? You think? Does that impress you when you think about it? Offset went from. Scamming at the, I'll say, I'll say at my the dog, Apple man. store. Salute, salute so where is that now? That's always, crazy. I always do offset will make it because I'll say it's just a savage. He's a savage. He's a savage in all sorts of, you know, when it comes to, to the hustle, to the mindset, to where, yeah, he always distances himself from, from the bullshit that's around. So mm. I always do offset would be fine. But there's only a few people like Yachty is one of the only ones with like a record on of getting arrested for scamming in the game, right? Who I else? Mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You, I mean, you get caught. You're not that good at it. Isn't that crazy though that he's like clean ass image and shit, and he's like hey, the only a scamming nigga, right? <laughs> when I did his first interview, I didn't even know it, and then I like somebody sent me his Wikipedia afterwards. I'm like, what the fuck? I wish I could ask him about I mean, that. Got, he definitely would have shut it down. I got all the armed robberies and shit, and niggas don't know about that either. It's about what we what we choose to show. Really? That's the other thing people don't know. You know, it's what we choose to show. Really, should we, we be mad cases people don't know about? When I got signed to QC, I had I had cases on me heavy. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of part of the QC ethos, right? Yeah, I think I think it's part of it. I think you have to have heavy cases be, on you. You gotta to be in the streets. There. Yeah, you gotta. I, I feel like you gotta be in the streets to even get over there. You mad at QC still, or is that relationship a little? What I don't talk to them, but um, I'm, I'm explaining this in a way where it's where 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 it's understandable. Um, from a business aspect, I understand that what they tried they to did. freeze your career at a certain point, but. Let's think. Let's look at it at the facts, right? Uh-huh. What what artists do you know that 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 hit like I hit that never went on tour with a major artist? I mean, never, like mm. not even one. What artist did I go on tour with? But None. what was the motivation on their part? Do you think to hold your career back? Was it the fact that you were just volatile? I think you I was too easy to get along? I think I was too rambunctious. Right. I think I think from what it was that I wasn't I wasn't a controllable asset. I was an asset, but not a controllable asset. And I feel like if you are trying to manipulate the way that they end up manipulating that you need a controllable asset. And I'm not going to say who or what I feel became a controllable asset, but I think history shows itself to what it was. And if you look at what I was able to accomplish, I mean, you got every time people hear OG Parker, it's, it's me, baby. You okay. know what I'm saying? Every time you see the, the Deco records, my, every time you hear the Larry June records, you know what I'm saying? Every time you, you look at, you look at the history, who's running around with me then? Doja Cat, all these people. You look at it and you say, damn, well, where was Mako in the history of shit? Mako was always there in the history of shit. So QC had plenty of opportunities to say, look at what we're doing. Look at the fashion. Look at where this guy's coming from. But if you do that, if you give me that light, if you give me that shine, you can't take it back. You think it was just a personal dislike that you guys developed for each other that it seems point, to me like that was probably bigger than point, any other that element. That was bigger than anything and that was because there are some things that happened off camera that mm-hmm. was real. Really? And Tell us about them. Nah. No? Fuck no. Some shit, some shit, no matter how much I, how I feel about somebody or what it is, some shit remains in the streets mm. and it'll always be that way. And I respect, I respect P um, to, a, to a level where you know, I remember some shit happened and, and P pulled up to my house in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I remember P was able to call me like, hey, man, grab his, you know, uh, you mm. come, you know, some shit going on. And, then, you know, I'm right there. And, and you were there. 
And he remembered that too. You know? So does that? Do you feel like that relationship was strong enough that you should have been able to work through whatever kind of like issues y'all have? At this point, I feel like at this point we should be able to work through it. Not, not that I, I don't want to get. I don't want nobody to try. I don't want them involved in my career or like that. I'm just saying, like you giving out bags of money to see who can free JT and all this other <sighs> shit. Nigga, just give me my fucking. My just do because we had conversations about this. You know what I'm saying? That this empire getting built. You know what I'm saying? We had this conversation. You know, if you look at the history of shit, there was no uh, QC over at Motown or QC over at Capitol Records before there's OG Mako. OG Mako gets us to Capitol Records. OG Mako gets us to Motown. It was me and Rest in Peace, my homie, Young Greatness. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It was me and Greatness over at Motown. And then Skipper it was wasn't me. there yet? Skipper, Skipper, but no, they never, they, everybody was there. Uh, Bigos then was still signed to 300. Rich was still signed to 300, but nobody was able to sign to Capitol or Motown. The interest wasn't big enough. Do you feel like them having a Yachty and them having Migos and shit like that, do you think that that, allowed them to basically do you think you would have got a different level of attention like I, if, the, if they didn't have other things that were succeeding at no, that time? I, feel, I feel like there wasn't i feel like that was the plan i feel like you i mean you, you know i love yadi to death but yadi was just a recreation of what was already going on in the aspect of you know you got the selling team you had ogg you had the producers you had the producers you have the colorful character with the fucking blonde hair raging and shit you got the colorful character with the red hair raging and shit right you know what i'm saying i just wasn't so happy and fucking go lucky i was more right. kick ass and fuck you bitch yeah but do you, do you see are you willing to acknowledge that like yadi probably just had like this likable sort of like fun of persona of, that of you maybe didn't you're have likeable if you're not saying fuck you suck my dick <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, where every other second, I was like, yo, fuck you. Suck my dick. And I still feel that way. Fuck you. But, suck my but dick. you started to piss people off, don't you think? I don't like, give a fuck. Y- hey, hey, we're doing business, not feelings. Right. And I and I went to a label that I felt like it was, we're supposed to be the street nigga label, right? Uh-huh. All right. So it was certain stuff that, like I said, certain stuff that went on off, off camera that was street nigga shit. You feel me? Uh-huh. It's in the streets. Keep it in the streets. Don't put that involved in the business. If niggas can't handle themselves in the streets, that is what it is. Like, at this point now, I got nothing to fear. You feel me? Like, uh, nigga, I almost died last year. You know what I'm saying? I almost died the before that right so i'm supposed to be afraid of some, what death why but do you think a lot of people would be scared to even speak on the qc situation yeah, because of course, they're sort of, of course it will because those, those are very you know those are people of, of respect right and, and 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 i feel like also it's a lot of fuck niggas out here too like like i said even no matter how i feel about certain shit i still have enough respect for p where it's certain shit that happened i would never speak on because certain shit remains in the streets uh-huh. and you keep it to the code of the streets and that's what it is. And if you've never been in the streets, then I don't expect you to keep no code in the streets. If you're some square-ass nigga, then you go and tell Adam-22 what happened to you and go tell mommy and daddy. You know what I'm saying? But if you're a street nigga, then it is what it is, and you let it happen. But I also feel like, just like if you if you go and you and you make a million bricks after you robbed me for a brick, right? When the time comes, give me back my million bricks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to give me back all the bricks you ever made. You think they made millions off you? I think the process in which... I got us to made them enough money to all own boats, Ferraris, Rolls Royces, and buy chains every week. I think without my album that never even got released, without the process that I got us to, without us, uh, me getting us to Motown in the way that I got us, I feel like there is no QC to empire in the current state that it is. Right. Does that empire happen still? Yeah, I but believe is so. It, is it hard to not sort of turn into this like resentful person that is just like, I did that angry? Already. Did it already? You did that persona, and you feel like you're past it now. I, I did. I did the resentment already. It all. It did nothing but eat me alive. Mm. And that was that was more deadly than a fleshy bacteria.
know, just to sit there and stew in that shit, you know, and it fucked up my creative process and it it fucked up my process as a human being, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't able to to grow because I was too busy being pissed off. I mean, how I mean, when you when you look at it and say, damn, bro, look I look at look at all I was able to accomplish, look at how much stuff was stolen from me. People taking my sound, people taking my look, people taking all this, and all this label gotta do is say something. Like mm-hmm. they ain't even gotta give me all the credit in the world, just say something like, Man, y'all remember Mako doing all this shit beforehand? Like y'all remember all this shit? Right. You know, I remember when my first projects got put on streaming, I had to like actually do that myself. I had to figure out a workaround to do that. We wouldn't they wouldn't even put my music on streaming. Well, well because for a while SoundCloud. your shit was getting taken down off SoundCloud streaming sites and stuff. But what what do you think their motivation was for that? Do you think that they really just wanted to absolutely freeze your career so there was no chance of you uh, I mean, what other motivation was there at that point? Right. Because you don't hear a lot of, about a lot of people getting that kind of treatment in the music industry these days. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, if, if we can we can run through a bunch of shit and say, oh, it could have been this, it could have been that. But I mean, what other real motivations are there? And I remember when I was doing things on my own, I would get responses. They never knew I was I was getting the backdoor responses, or people was telling me what they was doing actually, mm. you know. But they was, and I found out when there was certain magazines that wouldn't pull me up or talk about me or speak on me because of certain things. They was in fear of the relationship with QC falling apart, so they wouldn't talk about me, you know mm. what I'm saying? Or certain artists that everybody like they hard, but they really bitch-ass niggas because they wouldn't, they wouldn't say certain shit because they was so afraid, oh, yeah, QC won't fuck with me. You know right. what I'm saying? Managers, oh, QC won't fuck with me. And at the same time, QC was still doing what QC was doing and still not fucking with them. That's the craziest part about it. <laughs> QC still didn't fuck with them. So, it's funny because like, I'm picturing Coach K or P watching this, and I feel like they probably don't give a shit. They'll probably be like, oh, it sound kind of gangster. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking. Why, why would they have any problem with being represented that way? If they seem like they can toss their weight around enough to make people, or if they could not even say anything and already have and already certain have magazines certain be people, shook yeah. to fuck with people. I mean, at this point, I envy you and Skip it. So, I mean, if they're gonna be mad at me, then that's all. I, I, I gotta my, come. Like I said, like I said, I'll say it. I'll say it. Yo, P, my, hey, we good, bro. Just those bags that you keep handing out to everybody. Just throw me one. That's all I want. I feel like I did a lot of hard work. I feel like I did my part. You remember that conversation we had in Studio B that day? I feel like I did my part on that. So if you can fuck with me, I would appreciate that. Other than that, wish me well. I'm doing fine. You know, Mako got that flame just dropped. It's going crazy. Do you feel like that is the kind of thing from your life experience that you've seen happen a lot? Because I'm not going to be honest. I don't really see. Even the richest guys I know don't seem like they're really like throwing people bags just to be nice. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. I mean, no, no, do I expect it to happen? But I'm still gonna say what I say. Yeah. You know, I don't because at the end of the day, I've I've done what I had to do this whole time, and I've been fine. Right. Just like you said, you see me around LA. I don't look like I'm having any sort of problems. Every time you see me, I'm doing just fine. Pop so, up in the same spot. So how do you, how do you feel about your financial situation right now? Like probably I, a lot well, of people we are all curious. Wish everything could be better. I mean, I, well, I'm not riding around in fucking boats and and mm. coolacons. Me neither. No but, yachts. You know what I'm saying? But so yeah, of course I wish that I could I could have that. But I also feel like through my own work ethic and through my own drive, that if that's for me, that I will attain it. Mm. At the same time, I will never not say what I believe is duly owed to me. But it must have been like maddeningly frustrating at a certain point because you still have this certain amount of clout attached to your name at this point because of the, the, the songs that have popped off, but then you have someone stopping you from even putting out more stuff. So you feel like yeah, it was my, my, my sole thing that I have to offer is my artistry and I can't even put my artistry out. Yeah. It's got to be tough. It was. It was tough. But, I mean, nobody took pity on me. Everybody thought I was just some fucking one-hit uh, piece of shit, you know, and everybody told me I was supposed to be trash and yada, yada, yada. People even now say, oh, yeah, QC dropped you. I'm still signed to QC right now. Mm. 
you know? But so, do you wish you could put an end to that or? Do I wish I could what? Get out of that contract? Or is that... I wish I could leave QC and stay with Capital. Yeah. Oh, okay. If I could leave QC and stay with Capital, I would be fucking ecstatic. But you're able to put music out now, right? Yeah. So you're just hoping that QC doesn't give a shit? Uh, not really. Nothing like that. Because I noticed that when I was on your Instagram that the link to a YouTube video that is in your bio, that that link is not there. And I was wondering, did they... Oh, no, no, no. That was one of my artist uh, videos oh, that, okay. was, that was up there. No, no, no. That's a good thing. I released enough stuff through my own content even from the beginning. Like, my, my YouTube was already my YouTube. Okay. You know? So I did enough stuff uh, in the beginning where I secured my bags. Mm. And that's that's the good thing. And and no, I don't I don't worry if uh if QC care or not. I know for a fact at certain points they don't give a fuck. And I know they're not rooting for me at the end of the day. I've heard I've had heard and had conversations where it's just like, oh, you know, uh I think of the words where I didn't hold it down uh uh when it was when times were bad, which I'm trying to remember when times was bad for QC, but that you didn't hold it down? That that's what I heard that's what was told to me. That the problem was I didn't hold it down. Um Times were bad. That's that's what I heard. Those were the exact. I think that's the exact quote. I can say that's what it was. I didn't hold it down, which I don't know how I didn't hold it down because I mean, look at look at look at shit. You know, it's, they got a restaurant in and fucking Falcons in the Falcon Stadium. Right. You know? Like, how did I hold it down? They damn near run Motown and Capital, and I don't see anybody else who got us there. Uh-huh. I don't see who else, who got us to Motown. Right. Who got us there? I mean, hey, they would probably say Yadi and Migos. No, Yadi got signed after me, so that's impossible. And Migos was still at 300, so that's impossible. We're talking straight facts. I ain't got to try and flex my dick. It just is what it is. Like, mm. I got us there. Right. And you can say that's what it is or that was their maneuvering or whatever it was, but I wanted to go to UMG. And, and they told me that, you know, Capital was a better move for the label as a whole. Right. And so I, I went with Capital. Like, you know, let me hold down the label. Let me do what's best for the label because UMG wanted me. Did you think so? Looking back on that, you regret that decision. Depending on what they do after, you know, depending on how they feel. If they, if, if my phone rings or I have a conversation with somebody to talk to them, and they can maybe clarify like why things went that way. Yes or no? But I mean, it's because a, you never know. Maybe I went with UMG and my life turned out different on some personal shit that I wasn't uh, that I'm not I'm not happy with. But it's like a classic situation. Whenever any anybody ends up signing through somebody. You know, they always end up regretting any sort of middleman being involved in that situation. Always, we see it with always, Uzi playing always, out constantly always, right now. Always, always. But I mean, with me, I never look at things purely financially because I feel like the finances can always be gotten another way. Uh-huh. So who's to say I don't sign with UMG and the things happen in my life and I end up, you know, not being around? Maybe my mom gets sick, you know, or maybe, mm. you know, life happens different ways because one blessing begots another curse. Do you, is that something that ever crossed your mind where you ever like, is this karma? Did I do something horrible and the fucking no, universe no, is I against know, me? I know I did enough. I did enough good. I did a lot of bad, but I know I did enough good. I know I did enough good. I don't believe in that karma bullshit anyway, so. I believe, I believe the, the, the karmic essence is real, but I believe that it takes, I know, I know murderers who make millions. Right. So I don't believe it works the way we think. Yeah, I don't, I mean. 
if you're a murderer and you just you could just manage to avoid the cosmic energy that you have coming back your way, don't you and think? You die, yeah. I mean, we all know tons of little kids who get killed in traffic. Well, Period. I mean, not that we know them, but we've heard but about we it. But we heard of it, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got we got little kids with brain cancer and shit. So clearly, something's not working the way we think it is. Yeah. But maybe that's maybe that's once again the karmic essence of their parents begotten the son. Mm. You never know, you know. And I don't choose to sit around and think about shit like that because that's what would have drove me crazy during the time. You know, I was going through the worst of the worst, but. At the same time, you know, all all those things that I went through is what allowed me to make the music that I'm making now, and the music that uh, that I've been able to get all these messages like Vanity, where I hear kids telling me like, "Yo, you know, you saved my life with that." I was really suicidal, and I heard you know the pain he was going through, and it changed my life. And when I when I tell that to to my friends and my the people closest to me, I mean, how do you how do you quantify that? Right. How do you quantify the amount of lives I saved? And I wouldn't have made songs like Vanity if I wasn't going through the things I was going through. When I was what having the conversation with uh, Trinidad James recently, he was talking about how he feels like he's been pretty much like left out of the conversation of you know influential rappers who did song like you know he's just basically saying that even though he is oftentimes thought of as a one hit wonder, which is a thing you deal with as well, his one hit had massive cultural ramifications, but it, it doesn't really get mentioned like that. Or you feel like you're in a sort of similar Nick box. Nick is a real Atlanta legend, though. I remember when I was when I was uh. When I was running around in the streets, we used to go shop at uh, Nick's store at the Underground. That's how I actually even met him before he was Trinidad James. Okay. He was just Nick at, uh, I think the name of the store was Ginza. Mm. Um, we used to go buy all our drip from Nick. Um, and I feel like he does get left out of that shit. Because I know if I am if if I was at his store shopping and buying shit, I know I wasn't the only one there. Huh? Right. So I feel like it was a whole lot of rappers and a whole lot of people who was going to see him had that same fashion before he blew up the Trinidad James. Right. And after he blew up the Trinidad James, I feel like there was a lot of adjustment that came from his style. But I also feel like there is one thing. He didn't Get go a little bit more. He didn't go so much and so deep into the the kids. He didn't mm. go and and function with the kids as much. And I feel like that's why he might be in that position. I'm in a position where <laughs> Uh, some people call me a one-hit wonder, but the other side of that is the people that don't call me a one-hit wonder call me a, a certified legend. Mm. I don't have a... There is no other side to mine where it's like, either one-hit wonder or you're this or you're that. It's either one-hit wonder or you're a fucking legend and all your shit is crazy and you ahead of your time. I mean, you and Trinidad James both kind of got hit with the asshole, like, persona thing. And when I say that, I sort of mean, like, the media... You know, there was like just certain incidents that just sort of crafted like a narrative mm -hmm. with him. It was like, oh, the hate New York thing with you. I remember there was a big meninist con controversy. You and called that yourself was the a meninist shit ever because meninist was a fucking joke. Right. It was a joke. Twitter. This is like us very early in our understanding of like feminism and male toxicity. I basically and got shit me like too. Yeah, but just for. For quoting nothing. a Twitter account. For quoting a fucking joke Twitter account, people tried to say I was some uh, uh, misogynist fuckboy. I remember a girl threatening to stop hanging out with me back in the day because I followed the Meninist account. Because you followed the Meninist account, yeah. <laughs> and was people, uh, people was, people was, I mean, that's just what I'm saying. Look at the pieces of shit that judge us. Right. And say we do like I me. Mean, what kind of piece of shit are you to try and ruin somebody's entire life and the way they feed their family over a fucking joke Twitter account? And these same people sit at home on their stolen Wi-Fi <laughs> and tell themselves that they're a great person and da da da. da. And really, just a piece of shit. And that's and I and I had to realize that part too. Just like when people tried to tell me I was, uh, they tried to say I was beefing with Future too. Remember that one? Oh uh, yeah. They tried to say I was beefing with Future. What, future. what did you say? Oh, you said something about said, rappers promoting drugs, 56, right? I said fifty six Zans ain't cool in real life though. I mean, I said, uh, I, th that seems very self-evident in retrospect. I said, I said, 
I said, I said, Future is my favorite. The thing, what about was or the tweets? The tweet stream was, Future is my favorite artist. The whole thing was about the kids following what rappers say. Mm. And what I said was, I think the kids should be held to a standard where we believe in them more than to say, oh yeah, whatever a rapper says, they're gonna do. Because next tweet, Future is my favorite artist. Right. Next tweet. 56 Zans ain't cool in real life. Right. And the only tweet that got kept was 56 Zans ain't cool in real life. And you know what's crazy is that now you see Future saying, like, you know, apologizing to Juice World for promoting drugs. You see Juicy J on Twitter the other day saying, if I apologize. I ever, if I ever made you do drugs, I'm sorry. And that's what's crazy, though, is that Future and Juicy J aren't like Lil Pump. Lil Pump, if, if Lil Pump were to say, you know, I was promoting drugs, he was 16, whatever. Who gives Juicy a J was a grown-ass grown man. Grown-ass man, <laughs> right? And it's, it's at a certain point, I think nowadays, it would be much harder for somebody like Future or Juicy J to make songs like they were making at that time period without people without people trying to say they checking them and so, saying yeah. like, "Hey, and we people, don't need to be promoting that shit." And, so and blatantly. that was supposed to be a, a destruction of my career, right? Right. But did, what was Future's response? What did he actually say? Well, if you just talked on the phone, oh, you actually oh, talked on I'll the phone. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what he said now because it's so many years later. Okay. Um, so as soon as that happened, Future was actually in a Huffington Post interview at the exact same time. Right. And uh, I was riding a car. Future has a guy to his team named Twin. I'm not sure if you know about Twin, but okay. Twin got Future on the phone right then and we talked and uh he was like he was like little bro what did you really say and i told him exactly what i just told you and he was like oh man you don't let him do it to you uh -huh. you don't let him use you he said man you can't never let them turn you can't never let them turn us against each other you can't that's what they want to do mm. he said that's what they want to do man they want to try and turn us artists us black men they want to try and turn us against each other and make a narrative where it put me put you down and bring me up or bring you up and put me down but we can't never let it do that he said at the end of the day i'm future what i what i crafted is what i crafted and i gotta live that he right. said at the end of the day whatever drug you shit i say whatever it is that's my record sell because of that at this point and whatever demons come from that that's what i got to deal with but i mean i look at all the success I'm getting from that too. You don't see me crying about it. So you can't, if you want to be the hero, be the hero. I agree with everything you're saying, but just know it's, it's going to be shit that come from that and that's what they're going to do to you. So uh -huh. be careful about it. And I said, man, you like my favorite artist, bro. I would never even do no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? To you to try and put you down or nothing, bro. I just, I got niggas who dying off these shits. And at the time I did, I had a homie that just passed uh -huh. from the Zans and shit. You know, I got homies who dying off this shit. So I was just trying to make a statement about what was going on. Right. You know, he gave me the condolences and we got off the phone. Right. And that was it. That's you know actually a really interesting look into how future views that situation in how he had like a private conversation with you. Cause it's like, obviously when he's speaking to the public, right. he might have a different filter. Right. But they made me gain even more respect for him. Right. Like when I, when we had that conversation, it was like to hear his voice saying it, mm. you know what I'm saying? And, and to know that he was actually looking at the perspective of, I see what you're trying to do. Right. And I do respect it, but know what they're going to do to you is going to be terrible. Like, they're going to fuck you over. It's interesting that he already, even that early point in his career, he was like very, very conscious of the fact that the media was really looking for any opportunity to take to two you young, hot artists yep. from Atlanta, whatever, and find a narrative to say that they have beef with each other. Because yep. when you you see the media talk about Future so much, he almost never has any comment about it. Almost never. Which is kind of like a, a thing you learn over time yep. if you're a real big artist is that maybe you don't have so much to gain from getting in there. I'm barely doing there. any interviews after this one. I just mean you always said we was going to do this interview forever, so I wanted to come do this interview. Well, you have a very interesting story. I really decided I was going to take a step back from doing so many interviews this year because I just don't like doing a lot of the bullshit ones that I kind of fucked with before. I ain't going to lie to you. A lot of these niggas ain't really talking about shit. No, they ain't really got nothing going 
<laughs> I mean, it is always weird when you get an artist in who like you like the music a lot, but then they got nothing going on upstairs. Oh, they just dumb as fuck. That's that's always kind of a weird. That's sad. I mean, at the same time, I like I say, man, you know, the, my my <clears throat> the thing that terrifies me is that I have to live in a world with these people. Mm. I have to grow in a world with these people who don't understand basic concepts of government, basic concepts of consumerism, basic concepts of anything, you know, and everything mm. to them is just a fucking meme or a fucking tweet or a, a 15 second video on Instagram. And if you ask them anything deeper than that, they don't know. They don't know. Mm. And they try and ridicule you for knowing more than that. And I think, I think the time in which being ignorant was cool died a long time ago. Now you can't, the ignorance cannot be cool in the age of information. But that's, what's weird is that you very much found your success at a time period where you were able to just make a sort to of un an unabashedly angry song with a sort of ridiculous over the top hook that just sort of mm -hmm. caught on because weren't wouldn't you look back at that and say that you were at a point in your life then where you really didn't know shit about the world and you were coming from a much less nuanced perspective now you know too much i know much more than i than i knew then but I, I knew enough. I knew enough then. And and to be honest, I wish I wouldn't have affirmed so many things that I knew then, now, right? I wish I would have like kept it a mystery and kept it in the dark for myself, mm. for my own peace. Because I see so many people who who aren't aware of things and I'm just, a, it's apparent to me mm. and they live such happy lives. Right. You know, that's like whole ignorance is bliss thing. But I feel like, yeah, ignorance can be bliss, but you, but you still have to know. Right. Even if you don't want to know the monsters in the closet, you still got to open the fucking closet, you know? Right. And I feel like when I made that song, I knew the monster was in the closet and I knew that if I let the monster out, that what would happen, you know? I knew it would happen. People always say, did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Well, I only knew because I was a, I was a rapper, what I call as a rapidly rapper, like niggas like Jid and all them, you know, rapidly rapping ass niggas, they, that's their whole thing. Can I out-rap you? Can I, can I do more punchlines or greater metaphors than you? I felt like I, I was doing the same thing at a level. Me and Jid even got songs back then where we going back and forth, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And and that shit wouldn't get me nowhere. You know, it wasn't getting me where I wanted to go. It wasn't that it wasn't it wasn't respectable, but it wasn't getting me where I wanted to go. And I wanted mm. to be a rock star. And I realized I can't be a fucking rock star coming up here fucking rickety rapping and rapidly rapping and shit. I got to go out here and rage and get a people something that they can just fucking scream at the top of their lungs and feel like they free. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the whole you guessed it thing happened. Right. And that's why fuck them happened right after that, because that was my thing. Like, you know, I want to free the people. I feel like it's enough anger going around right now. But what if we, but it likes to like alchemy, you know, you can, you can, you can exchange that anger for something positive. Yeah. I mean, you, you deserve the credit for just being in tune with the culture enough that you could tell that there was something that there was a different attitude or energy coming down the pipe in terms of rap music you know that this there was going to be a lot of aggression coming out that we maybe hadn't seen through like even the er earlier in the 2000s you know there's a lot of weird rap happening but it wasn't there was there wasn't screaming. It wasn't. It wasn't. Hey, they wasn't showing their emotions about it. And if they was, it was like all downtrodden and fucking uh, druggy and shit. Because when you have Odd Future and ASAP, who are sort of like painting this picture of like this fun young lifestyle, right? You kind of need the angry element. There, and, yeah. and if you've been watching the culture long enough, you always can see that happening. That like you can only have disco for so long before yeah. you have like punk before, energy they, they, they to counteract it. Out. You know, yeah, they got you to. Know. They got to balance each other out. And you know and that's and that's why it happened again when you come with like people like uh 
uh, six nine came in, and he came in right on that edge, or you had right. you know, or you had to balance. Like I feel like you know, rest in peace, X. You know, X was. And I told him that, I was like, yo, you are exactly what I was meant to be. Mm. And the fact of you're combining those worlds of you have you have this melodic embrace of of the dark parts of the world that happens, and then you are able to free those same people in the same album, sometimes in the same song. That was the crazy shit about him was that he was able to do it both. Because At when, the you, same time. when you look at hip-hop right now, it's like you have very much the sort of like rougher angrier shit that is popular and then you have like a lot of shit that's just much more melodic that really almost doesn't have anything to do with rap mm -hmm. at this point those are like the two sides of it and he sort of personified that and yeah. in, in and, and i told him that i told him that to his face and i'm happy i was able to do that at, uh, at la live i was like yo bro you know that's really and he asked me that he asked me about that too he was just like he was like bro how does how do you get through it like he's like bro knowing that he, he told me he's like bro i know that's what he's like i know he's like why do you do that shit bro how do you get through it like how do you get through knowing like like this was supposed to be yours. Mm. And he said it, he didn't even say it like real arrogant, you know, like he said it in a way like he just turned around like, and you seen like, you know, it was a fucking massive packed out, sold out crowd. And he was like, this was supposed to be yours. Wow. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that, bro? Like that shit would drive me crazy. And if you ever talked to X, you know, he like, he was, he was real Ooh, about when he said shit. You but know did you saying? take offense to it? Nah, fuck no. Like I knew what he was saying. Right. I was like, well, I mean, as long as somebody like you happened, then it was all worth it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what I told him. That was my response to it. You know, like, as long as somebody like you happened, bro, it was all worth it. And I remember I still got the video on my phone. He did that song, uh, the suicide back, suicide back, right. fuck my life up. Right after that, he did, he like, ran up to the top, to the second uh, level of the shit. It was like hanging off of the rails. Like, he was trying to jump off. He did that right after that. And it was like, in that moment, like, you know, I felt vindicated just from the fact of him existing. That's why I remember, I remember him and him dying it was so crazy to me because it was like, you know, after all of that, after all of that, after the, everything get realized, then they just like take his flame out like that. Right. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it, but it, when I think about him, I always just think about like, was like, he was just such a volatile person. The energy around his whole career was so crazy that it, and when I think about that first tour he went on and how fucking insane that tour was and how every day there was a different story about some crazy shit. Yeah. And it just makes me wonder, like, is somebody whose flame burns that bright? Like, it, it just doesn't, it almost feels appropriate that it didn't burn for that long. It, it, like, like somebody threw nitrous and gasoline on it, right? You know, it's like in some way, isn't it, there's a little bit of a silver lining to the fact that we don't know what a 50 year old Kurt Cobain is like? Yeah, no, that it only we only got to see this I mean, short at period. The, at the same time, though, you, you can't. I mean, I feel like I look at it like this you know, if 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 X was Kurt, do I get to be Ozzy? Because <laughs> you got the Lord of Darkness, you know, still Ozzy. You see, Ozzy, Ozzy is still Ozzy mm. to right now. And I mean, Ozzy, them did. I mean, they you want to talk about fucking rock star. Right. They rock starred, you know what I'm saying? But it never it never got to him. And I always think about that too, dude. I mean, X's flame was fucking massive. Do I go ahead and accept my flame growing bit by bit every year? Every, right. You know, for whatever do I let my legend. Because my legend now, it builds more. Every, every year, you know, more and more kids realize what I was able to bring to the game or how I was able to change things. Even though there's a whole bunch of people just like, what did he do? What did he do? Those dudes are just a fucking... Dumbasses. But do you really feel like shit. you're ever going to be able to really capitalize on that? Because I don't, I don't, at a certain point, it's like 
a lot of the biggest names from that early era at the end of the day it's not like they're really doing numbers i'm not sure even the biggest names it's like kind of hard to imagine them selling out big shows and shit yeah. like that i mean hip-hop traditionally just has a very very short memory i i feel like hip-hop does but that's the thing about it i, I once again i'm a rock star mm. and i feel like it's up to me and my actual fans or the people that say they support me you know, or those people who say they're my friends. Because that's another thing I learned. You know, I had a lot of uh, friends, mm. you know, in, in the industry. And, 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 and they think, I don't know if they think I give a fuck about them now. But I don't. I just realize what kind of pieces of shit they are. You know, like you, you trying to let this, holding on to this bit of fame and, and ignoring a phone call is how you hold on to it. You know, that's that's your grasp at it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still too big to answer this call. Right. You know, like, that. that's all you got. You know what I mean, what kind of, what the fuck are you really doing? And I always wonder why people do that. You know, if you got so many guys who feel like they was left behind on this rampart, right, why don't we all come together and put shit out, right? Right. And if we push it out, enough of us all push it out together, right, when we get some kind of a claim for it, if your base was this and my base was that, why not work together? But you look at these fucking mega dickheads and everybody complains separately without working together. Uh -huh. And then they say, oh, no one loves us. I mean, really, I mean, you never know who loves you because you're too busy trying to dick ride or get to Future and get to uh, uh, Kendrick and all the people at the tippity top top instead of working with your fellow man who's like right there next to you. And I think that more so holds all of us back than... You know, the, the oh, would you ever be able to live up to those expectations you have of being a legend? Mm. I feel like the, all the legends got to be legends together. That's how the legend, you're only a legend because the overall story is told, right? So who would be on the, like, Legends of SoundCloud rap tour that we're proposing here? Um, I mean, if you ask me, I mean, you, I mean, you got to. And, and Dex is still right here in the middle of, of, of the kids now. Dex? Dex, definitely. Dex, very influential, yeah. But, I mean, he's sort of someone who just felt like they were just making the same song over and over, and it's just sort of people, that they lost interest. Dex did a lot of things to his career on his own. He's Too many those, features, too. He's one of those people who I can honestly say I don't feel like anybody fucked over their career, but... He him. sold... Didn't he sell his SoundCloud to some random person, like, very early on? think so I'm but pretty I'm not sure, sure that's a real thing you know um um also I mean also when you come into it though you got to think about it like this too even even if it's you see how hard it is to even remember some of these people like mm. we should be like well, I'm sitting here now like trying to rack my brain like okay who's there because you got people that pop in and pop out like OT Genesis right he kind of pop in and but it's interesting because out. he does a good job of still staying relevant in the industry and stuff. He's still at Rolling Loud. He wasn't booked Period. at Rolling Loud, but he's backstage at Rolling but Loud, cooling with everybody. Kicking you know, it. you know what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think a lot of a lot of people are able to drop in and drop out, and that's a blessing. I, I'm I'm more of a, a hermit. Like, whenever I decide to come out, it's always love because but, that option is always there for you to be one of these guys who's backstage at Rolling Loud, kicking it with everybody, taking photos with everybody, sort of. Bit, right. You know, nurturing relationships, basically just clout munching. Everybody does right. it. It's a weird thing. Right. I feel weird it's when I'm so in that weird. environment it's because so everybody's weird. doing it to me. Right. It's so weird. And I'm doing it a little like bit to other people too. Of, people like us who are more, you know, we in life. Cause like I said, man, every time me and you see each other, it's just some in life shit. We're know? just old enough to have perspective on what you know a lot of people who are like 20 21 and shit it's like they're if they could be backstage or running loud just talking to motherfuckers and networking and shit, that's they're all they so do. excited yeah, that is so thrilling yeah <laughs>
You get to a certain point where it's like, okay, but how how does this affect my shit business wise? How does this affect my career? That's all I think about. You know, yeah. like this affecting my business is this going to drive my business up anywhere? And I, and I think maybe we trap ourselves a little bit by doing mm-hmm. that. You know? But do you feel also with like the the eye situation originally, and then the flesh eating bacteria that it's like sort of it forced your hand, it forced you and into I being a bit forced, of a hermit. I was forced in a way, and especially and then me going over to Europe and China so much too. Mm. You know, while everybody else was doing tours and shit over here, I was over in Europe. I was over in China. I was over just because. There were bags to get there. That's because it was bags, bags in China, bags in Japan. Bag. I mean, I've been all, I've been to every fucking country you can imagine at this point. Right. And I, and and honest to God, I mean, who who's upset about that? You right. Know what I'm saying so. I I, I have friends and. Man, I got friends all over the world, man. I could, I could probably spend a good twenty minutes just shouting out people around the world, and I think that's a blessing too. But you're right; it forced my hand a lot, you know, mm. because people during those times when things happened, I wasn't able to come and mesh with the kids over here, you right? Know? Or when that whole switch happened from being people like around my age mm. to little kids like pumping them. Like you remember us being in the studio right. with pumping all them, but I wasn't gonna stay in the studio with pumping all them. I didn't understand what the fuck <sighs> they jokes and shit was when him and G Nils and all them was around. Like I didn't get all that shit. You know, Nar used to be around selling with the fucking boards and right. t shirts and shit. Like it just wasn't an environment that was conducive to me well you know? it's, and it's like that you know they're a couple generations after you so it's yeah. like they're sort of doing all this shit like i i remember pump being in hollywood drinking lean for the first not like the first time but, but it's like very early times, in his yeah. career where drinking lean and being in hollywood with Was a rental it. seems yeah. like this shit yeah pump already is not rolling around getting in trouble like that you know he knows yeah. he needs to stay in the crib and if he's gonna be yeah. I, I don't even know he said he stopped drinking lean i haven't actually seen him drink lean in a yeah. while but I well, see that's him. what I'm saying. You I'm looking I'm... at his story, looking at his eyes, like, all are right. you? Are, still, yeah, you know. still looks all right. It looks a little sober, yeah. yeah. You know. How, how's your, actually, pause? I have to piss. Like, so bad that I, <laughs> I never do this, but I got to piss so bad. All right. all right. Piss break done. Um, Okay. What's your personal drug use like these days? Like, how hard do you party? Uh, I stopped smoking weed. What? Uh, I barely drink at all. What? Even when you're at the bar? Even when I'm at the bar. What are you uh, drinking in there? Sprite? Um, no, I'll get one gin and juice. Okay. Still got to keep it player, but okay. just one. Right. Only one. Um, the only thing I actually do take is my pain medicine. That's about it. Really? And I mean, I, I, I'm kind of forced to take it. Yeah. I have no choice. Would you prefer not to? Yeah. At this point in my life? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Because right. it's been a year straight. I went... I went 26 years without ever taking a, any pain medicine whatsoever. And then going from that to being forced to take pain medicine every day, all day. Right. Shit sucks. Sucks. And people, you know, that's why I tell my friends who get high on the same shit, I, you know, I take the, to function. You know, even through this whole interview now, I'm like, I'm, just, I'm, I'm in pain like fuck. Right. But I refuse, and it's been through my entire career, I refuse. I've never done a show high or drunk. I've never done an interview fucked up. And so I refused to do this one that same way. I was like, I'm not going to take my pain medicine before really? I do this interview. I'm not going to be here, like, glossed out, trying to fight a knot or some shit. Yeah, know? when you are on your pain meds, is, is there a certain element of that where you just sort of feel like you're just sort of... Yeah, 100%, you know? And that's why I try, like, when I'm doing that type of shit, I try to do one or two things. I try to be in the studio or make sure I'm at home. Right. You know? Because I don't never want to be in a situation where I'm known for, like, oh, yeah, Maco's nodding out so-and-so situation and people not understanding like yo like this man's a lot of fucking pain right you know what i'm saying like 
pain you can't even imagine. So it's like I never want to. I never want people to misconstrue my shit. And I've never been one to try and glorify the drug use as much. And I'm gonna talk about it in my rap songs and shit because let's be real about it. When we rapping, we're not just talking about our current life. We're talking about a lot of times we make things happen in the past, when things happen in the present, when things that's happening in the future. You know, that's and that's how we do it. But listening know? to your new album, it seems like your brain goes to drugs a lot when it's music making time. Well, yeah, because I've been on drugs a lot when it's music making time. I just told you, you know, when right. I'm, try, I'm trying to make sure like if I'm on drugs, I'm in the studio. Okay. Because I want to use it for something. So the lean, the lean and shit, that makes a reappearance when you're in the studio? Do you feel like that's I the appropriate only time? I lean only, only, only if I feel like I'm going to be sick. Mm. And that's it. And really? That's only, yeah. That'll stop not, you from getting sick. I'm going to be honest. I've never really thought about lean from like a medical perspective. Well, I mean, it's cancer. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have any excuse to drink a cup of lean, then stick about I mean, now them fucking junkies, bro, it's 90 a lot. You ever notice that you'll like never see the Migos drink a lean on Instagram and shit? I don't think that means that they're not drinking lean, but it's it's interesting to not see what rappers that, clean up their image. Yeah, but, publicly. I mean, but look at where they are now. Yeah. Biggest group in the fucking world. Do you really want to be the opioid group? Probably a lot of brands probably don't want to see don't them with see pints. That. That's what I would assume the motivation might be. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do when the camera's off, but yeah. don't want to see you with the pints. And people who don't really know what's going on to them, like they'll see you with a double cup, meh, whatever. They see you with a fucking bottle of medicine and this they start to get freaked out they start yeah. to really realize what's going on what's going on yeah it's weird but no right? I, I'm, I'm i mean in the last in the last nine months i probably drank lean two times mm. um same yeah probably. so i mean I don't, I don't i don't partake in anything else I, I gave up all drugs um more so just because i didn't want to have any other complications from anything else that was going on and i mean being High on shit when you're in an enormous amount of pain isn't the best thing mm. in here, you know. Like, right. Do you ever think that you've that you could use sort of like the reputation you have as being like very early in terms of fashion or, or hip hop or certain things culturally? Like I look at Ian Connor. It's like a dude who kind of like lost out on a lot of the opportunities that he maybe had at a certain point, mm -hmm. but then completely went independent with his own brands and, and know, is and just running shit, yeah. which I think is pretty amazing. And it feels like with what you've done, do you ever think that you could have like a similar career trajectory? I'm, I'm, I'm doing those things in the background. And I mean, and, and uh, it's almost time to bring those things out. I mean, I, have a, I got my YouTube up to 165,000 subscribers on the low. Uh-huh. Hello. And Hello. I'm, uh, I'm I'm channeling that into something that I can't really speak on right now, but I'm doing that. Um, I've been doing a lot of fashion stuff around the world, a lot of collabs, a lot of work for people, and I've just been building that repertoire up. And uh, I, I'll say this just so I mean, I just applied for uh, an ship at, at Capitol Records. Oh, so shout I out to can, Jeff Vaughn. Yeah, that's a prize. I see him on his Instagram. I, I'm I'm really excited to see if I can get that done for because the fact of the matter is once you have uh one, it's a label I'm, I already know about obviously because I'm over there, uh -huh. and uh two once you have a salary running you know streams of income once you have a salary running I'm able to focus a little bit more on those other things and make them come to fruition a lot faster uh -huh. than I do now. Do so, you feel like you? would be able to be an employee at this point? Like, is that, like, you might not have had that member. temperament five, yeah. six, seven years ago, but you probably do now? Yeah, I, I do now because I understand what team we're I, 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 I wish I had a team that was reliable 
And so I understand what it's like to to want to have a reliable teammate. Right. And if I was able to exist as part of a reliable team, I would appreciate that for myself. You know, just being able to call and say, hey, team member, you know, what are we doing? Let's make this person's dream come true for this or that. And that's just something that I'm able to say within myself I'm able to do. And because I already get to be a boss 99% of my day. Right. You know, so being a worker for 1% of the day, I mean, what is – you got to learn. And I, I figured through that work I learned how to be a better boss. Yeah. Now I can like I, I'm in the same boat as you. Is like when I was younger, I could have never had a job. I just yeah. didn't have the temperament for it. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, I still look at myself and I'm like, I don't think you could really have like a job, job, not a like, job, job. You know, but, but I, a like, form of job. You know, where you have to go in and do some sort of duty. I can I can uh-huh. understand it now. I can like fit into a certain extent. Yeah. Now I like look back at myself and I'm like, damn, I wish I was 18. That I was smart enough to have realized that probably my best bet was to just like buckle down and work and really hard structure. in school yep. and like, you know, yep. have that foundation to build and on. Have that structural foundation. Instead of just thinking I knew and everything. We thought we knew everything, bro. Yeah. But I it's mean, weird. We did all right. How do you tell kids that though? How do you tell a kid like, you hey, you don't know shit? They don't, they don't You like can't them. because not everybody will turn out like us. Right. And you when know? you have that young artist, it's a lot of times it's like they're going to go with the people who allow them to do what they want to do. And that's why when people are like, oh, how could this person that's associated, like how did the label let the the, the artist or how did the management let this artist do all these drugs? It's like, bro, the artist is going to go the with the people that let them do anyway. what they want to do. We will sneak off and go make it happen. We don't yeah. need, uh, we don't need, you can tell us stop doing that shit all you want to. Somebody you know? who wants to do drugs is very resourceful usually. I remember one, I remember one time Peter told me not to do drugs. Now I showed up at a fucking hotel on... God knows how many hits of acid. That's all I can say about that story because that story got wild. I mean, I just, man, I was off so much fucking acid, bro. And they weren't feeling it, I'm guessing? Oh, fuck no, bro. I I couldn't see P being real tolerant of an acid trip. I was in fucking, I was covered in mud. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, bro. It was a a fucking trip, bro. Yeah, bro. 100%. So. You know, I can honestly say that. And, you know, I remember me and I and to do that, I snuck out here to L.A. Now I took care of business. You know, I sold out shows and, you know, did my interviews and I was on time for everything I had to do. And I never was, you know, drugged out during one of those. Like I told you, I'd never done that before. But, right. you know, at the same time, they was, you know, strict, don't, don't drugs, Mako, no rock star shit. And I, sure enough, I snuck off to go do them. Right. So, I mean, you can, uh, you can, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, but I feel like, like I said, you can't tell the kids. How it's gonna turn out because we still had a certain drive in us to let us know our limits right. to where we could and couldn't go, even within ourselves. And a lot of these kids don't have that. You know, they depend on a fucking YouTube video, instructional video to tell them how far they should go, or goddamn the the, the Twitter conscience. That's what I call it. You know, the hive mind that exists on Twitter. That's the weird part them. is that I feel like if. These kids, like they, they're they're able to take in information so easily. How at a certain point, when you see Juice and Fredo and Peep and Yams and all these people die, it's like doesn't that just kind of make you want to back off a little bit? Like I, I sometimes that worries me. Is like how, how many examples do we need? They need they need a million, bro. Yeah, apparently. Apparently, every generation needs their own. Because examples. they make the villains out of the heroes. Yeah, you know? it's like that it's like that fucking line from Batman. That's one of the best lines ever ever in the movies. You know, you either you either uh, die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm. And that's what the kids want. You know, they they either want you to die a hero, you know, or they wait until you try and tell them a better way, and then they they they, they vilify you. you right. Know? 
And and how do you escape that? It's not until conversations like this now where how many years later is it after they vilified me and now we can just sit here and just casually laugh about it and talk about it where I don't have any fucking animosity or energy toward it so people normally don't give a fuck and we can just laugh about it and it's like, oh, damn, man, you guys were pretty stupid to mm. think that, you know? But by then, look how many people have died. Look right. how many people you just named. And also, it's just you know that the, the industry is always ready for its next Trap. kid that is willing to talk about shit in a totally yeah. ignorant sense yeah. and will make that sound cool yeah. to the young kids. They're always ready for the next tragedy. They're yeah. always ready. They, they, they start, they prep it. They, they prep the tragedy. They can see how it's happening. They can see the, the, the oh yeah, this kid, he's a star. He's a, he's a star. He's a star. But they don't, they really mean like he's a comet. You know what I'm saying? They don't really, because stars shine forever. They mean, you know, he's a comedy. Oh, I can see him taking off. And you see that burnout happen too. And they don't try to stop it. Let me ask know? you this though. Do you think that, like what, should the management and the label do in a situation like Juice Worlds, where you have an artist traveling constantly in the studio, constantly making a shitload of money, making a shitload of music, but he's also like he's all fucked up on because, pills uh, because he was trying to avoid some extra charges, and I feel like. I, I don't know like, if I buy that though. I, I feel like he might have just been all fucked up on perks in the first place, and then the fucking co the feds zoom in, and he just got so freaked out that, that he, he they, that he. I mean, I just don't. I, I refuse to believe on, that he was. It depends on what he was on perks or oxies. Yeah. If he was on perk tens, all that fucking Tylenol. If he took a whole bottle, that would have killed him by itself. Mm. If he was on thirties, I don't see. I mean, you can't freak out on thirties, bro. You can't freak out, and uh, your heart will go up. But they're saying he took a bottle of whatever it was, you know, a bunch of them. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so even if they hit him with the Narcan, if he was with tens, then the the then the, the, the Tylenol would have killed him. But if they hit him with Narcan on the thirties, I don't see why he wouldn't have lived. You know, because Narcan can handle fentanyl. Fentanyl is, you know, thousands of times stronger than oxycotton, right? Right. So if if it can take out fentanyl, it should be able to take out the oxycotton, no matter how many milligrams it is, right? So I'm feeling like he took a bunch of tens, maybe, and and that's what killed him. I feel like that that Tylenol because they said his heart. He they said they hit him with the Narcan and he came back right. He was a conscious and aware, and then he seized and his and his heart fucking dropped out right. That sounds like a Tylenol overdose to me. You know, it sounded like his blood thinned out and he had you know he couldn't clot right. Are we still just we're waiting on more information I think about we're exactly on what more information for that? But at the same time, I feel like either way it's a tragedy because you can't control. His situation. I mean, look, if you, I never really was like heavy in his music. My, you know, the, the girl I care about, she's really heavy in his music. Yeah. And so I started listening to it like super heavy, like right before he passed and right after. And I can hear him speaking on his own drug use, yeah. you know. And, and I feel like he knew that it was copious, but I, I feel like he was still teeter tottering between uh, uh, heavy use and an addiction. Right. Know? Because when you're addicted, it's, it's a lot harder for you to speak on it so clearly. When you just want people to leave you alone so you can do your drugs, then you speak on it in an intelligent manner. Like, okay, look, this is, yeah, I know I'm doing these and it could kill me and whatnot, but like, yo, yo chill out. You know what I'm saying? I'll be all right. right. And I feel like that's how he was speaking about it. So I don't think he just OD'd on the plane and just like, oh, yeah, fuck it. Oh, I'm doing all the pills. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't think it happened like that. No, I mean, I definitely don't think he, he wanted anything like that to happen. But I mean, I will say the juice is different than somebody like Pump, where Pump, I don't, and I, again, I don't know if he's even doing drugs now, but I never felt like Pump wanted to hear it yeah. in terms of like people telling him how bad the drugs were. Right. Whereas Juice would gladly engage. And a conversation about it. He would 
gladly like the conversation will go there all the time unprovoked to right. end up talking about do you like he, i remember him asking me one time like i took seven the other day you think that's bad i'm like yes i think that's bad yes yeah, you have to think about it i feel like anybody that'll communicate on that level about it knows or is worried about their own addiction yeah. have i reached addiction to and he's someone who would be talking to me about doing it in high school, like being right. off hella Zans in high school. Back, you know? But he like he seemed to like understand the nature of his addiction and to have to be very much like looking at it and right. he's aware of it and conscious of it, which a lot of people are so caught up in the middle of it that they that can't, they can't that. be honest and about it. And that's why I think he is a different case. I yeah. don't think that he was someone that said that. I don't feel like that was something that happened uh due to an addiction state. I feel like it happened more out of fear. Mm. You know they had they, they had a fuckload of guns and pounds on that flight, mm. and I feel like he felt like you know I'm already finna go down for these fucking pounds. And but the I truth is, is that I mean, on top of we'll it. probably never know if he knew about the weed and the guns and everything like that. You know, like to what extent does he know? But he should have probably assumed that like he wasn't going to be the one I getting in like trouble as for as it. As an artist, when you got your troops with you, yeah, you know something. You got a whole bunch of people there, though, that are going to take the charge. That... You got your troops with you, and that's, what, that's, that's why I feel like they fucked up. I feel like whoever was on that plane, at the point where he had all them pills, and he felt like he got to do something like that, some, they, his friend's supposed to take some of them pills away, and, and they're supposed to divvy them up. And do those. I, I understand he in the terminal, and there's no bathroom to flush them down, all that shit, man. Spread that shit out. Spread those charges <laughs> out. Spread whatever it is out. Because now we don't even know what's going on with the charges that's coming from the from the fucking pounds or whatever going on with that whole situation, right? Right. So if it was able to, to end like that after he died, it could have ended but like the, that. But the Fed lost. said it was a dead case, like in the sense that they're not even trying to pursue it because I think that they know that nobody on board is going to talk about it's it, so they got nothing it. to go on. You know what I'm saying? Which so, is kind of crazy because that means that even this, it's kind of like the perfect crime, you know? Which is kind of amazing that it worked out, like aside it, from the fucking the Jew death, situation. Right. It's kind of like wow, that really was That's the way to do that. Yeah, so it's like it's kind of wild, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I, you know, I just I think it's really sad that that's how you know you, you have to lose such a phenomenal artist, yeah, you know, um, to a situation like that. You know, regardless of whether we're talking about uh, high level drug use or you know addiction or whatever it is, because at the end of the day, whatever uh, you want to call them demons, whatever mm. they were, you know, he was clearly dealing with them just fine enough for him to be uh, functioning. You know, we have a bunch of artists out here that's having seizures on stage and seizures in the middle of shit going on and still not, you know, reconciling from what's going on with it or acting like they know how it's happening. And we did lose Fredo. You know, mm. we lost Fredo. We watched Fredo deteriorate. You know, like it's not like he was just like something else killed him. Right. You know, like that was a real legend. Like we just watched it just eat his whole shit away and boom, we, he just died, you know, yeah. at a young age. And there's a lot of people that if they were to pass, you know, and I think Juice is actually probably like the prime example where it's like if, if he passes, the fans have got to feel some degree of being implicated in it in a way because it's like this is a large percentage of what his music was about. This is what you wanted to hear from me. It's like you have to learn. Like people, ha we have to, we can't give up on our hope that the fans will learn something yeah. from their heroes dying. Yeah. I mean, I, I always hope that. That's why I'm trying to give me like, oh yeah, make another, you guessed it, I'm making this. I'm like, no, I'm not going to make another of whatever it is because that's not where we're at. Mm. You know, I feel like where what I need to make for you is what you need, not what always what you want. Yeah, where do you feel like you are at music-wise at this point? 
I feel like I'm in a in a mature state of of rambunctiousness. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm 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 an older rebel, you know, where now I understand how to rebel while existing inside of a system. Mm-hmm. Because if you try if you try and rebel too hard and the system just Get in the, mic a little more. the system just shoots you out, you know, and you never the impact of what you're doing never really gets felt. And if you do too little, then you know, no one ever even realizes that you're trying to fight against what's going on. But if you make the right moves and you still make the mu- the music enjoyable for the kids, then they talk about your life, right? And they relate it to their life, but the things still happen. Just like you hear, I'm on the rocks, you know, and you're <laughs> like, oh, he, he's on fucking sunset. Oh, yeah. shit. It's instantly relatable whether you're, if you know anything about LA whatsoever, you mm. know what I'm saying? And at the same time, when the kids hear, like I got the, the song with Fabo, my only feature on there, shout out to Fabo. When you hear that tech and walk and that snap music, it automatically bring in the people that's my age who they remember, you know what I'm saying, going to snap. But the content that's going in there is still, you know, I got to take it to walk. Mm. Yeah, I'm talking about the drugs at the same time. But does this mean you have to do them? No, I'm not telling you to do them to be cool. No, I'm not telling you, like, I'm doing these drugs to make me feel better either. I'm just saying this is where it is. So this is my rebellion against whatever this this structure is. And it was time to make the more intelligible music to say, oh, yeah, you know, stand up and fight for this, whatever it is. I'll do that. Hmm. But right now, I feel like there's so much negativity and bullshit going on in the world, especially with this president we got now and the state of affairs in the world, that right now people just need to have a good fucking time. Hmm. And I'm more interested, like I was when I made you guessing and shit, I'm more interested in giving people a good time right now mm. than I am with uh, some fucking message to try and force feed them. I don't want to do that. I mean, it could be tough like to, to you know, feed the people what they need to hear, but mixing it in. It's like mixing the aspirin with the, with the, the medicine when you got a yeah. kid or a dog who doesn't want to take the pill. Yeah, you got to hide it. You got to hide it. You got to hide it in there, man. You know, yeah. and that's what I'm doing, and I and I and I feel like you know, it, a lot of times it's it's a simple conversation of expressionism. But people don't feel like they don't get to talk about these things in an open platform. Mm. You know, they don't get to talk about how they feel, and in a real way. You know, they don't get to talk about why they're doing the drugs. You know, that's why I put like in the intro of my tape. You know, I put. You know, the part where, where uh, you know, I'll, I'll let people do their own research, but it's a part in there. It's an interview where the guy's like, you know, yeah, my girlfriend broke up with me, uh, you know, because I was, I, she woke up and walked in on me nodding, you know, and that was really relatable to me because I remember my, you know, my, my girl telling me I'm a fucking addict or whatever it was from my, from the simple effects of my pain medicine making me nod off and telling me I'm going to leave me, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm still trying to fight, even though it feels like I'm under the control of something, I'm still trying to fight. You know, right. still trying to fight whatever's going on. And I feel like that's how what the kids need to realize. Like, just keep keep fighting. Keep fighting. Like, don't let all this shit just wear you down so much that you stop fighting. All the, all the, all the artists dying, all the fucking drugs. Don't never let that supplement who you are on the inside, that fight that you should have. Like, don't. Don't let that shit go nowhere. Right. You need it. You feel like you're going to be off the pain meds at some point in the future? And are you excited about oh, that? man, I'm so fucking ready. How long do so you think? I'm hoping that it's uh, my birthday's in April. I'm hoping by then. I'm hoping yeah. by then I can just live a normal fucking life. You think you're gonna be going through it, getting off it? No, uh, no, because I uh, I went to uh, Korea, uh, Japan, and China. And, you know, those places are really strict on any kind of drug whatsoever. Even if you just have them, 
So uh, I didn't have anything with me, and uh, it was for a little while, and I was okay. So you could get by for a week without it? I, I did. I was fine for a week. I mean, like you know, it's, it's you know, it's processes that your body go through. Uh-huh. You know, if you know anything about opioids or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's processes that your body goes through, which my body definitely went through. Uh-huh. It's what it is. Take a hot okay. shower, read a book. Yeah, kids. Work out. You want to get off the Zans? Read a book. That's well, Zans are different. Zan withdrawal can, in fact, kill you. So please yeah. go to a rehab clinic doctor um, if you need to get off Zans or alcohol because those two withdrawals can't kill you. Uh, for opioids, just be strong, man. Yeah. Mental. It's all mental. Hold it down. Well, shit, man. It's been a very interesting conversation. Fuck yeah, Adam. Appreciate uh, it. Took a while to first have it, but I'm, I think it came just in time. Doing an interview in 2018 and having questions from 2016 is very interesting. I mean, I, I spruced it up a little bit, but I mean, it's 2020 now. So. I had questions about Phil Collins. Uh, so I mean, because at the time you had a song with like a Phil Collins sample or some shit on your tape. I, I had Black oh no, Phil Black Collins, Phil Collins was, was, was the album, right? Yeah. And that album was beautiful, beautiful album. And they but took it down. It's hidden from the internet. It's not even on YouTube or anything. It's on uh, Spotify. Oh really? I better just sneak it back up. Come on now. Nice. That's good. OG Mako. Yeah, yeah. You've been doing it since before you ever would have thought that you would be an OG. Yeah, and now I really am. Kind of grew into the name. Grew into it. As opposed to, well, actually, I guess I grew into the 22, but then I grew out of it. But I'm still, I still have the same name, but. Still the same name. It's been 14 years since I was 22. (laughs) But I had the name for seven years before that. You about to hit a 22 again. God damn. Fuck. Damn, that is weird. I I missed the 20th anniversary of me having this fucking stupid ass nickname. Yeah. Can't wait till I'm 45. Yeah. That'll be great. OG Mako. Adam 22. Appreciate you, G. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want to support. Go listen to my man's project. Michael got that flame.